Welcome to No Room for Phonies. It is almost the end of June. And this is episode 67. I think so. 67. And we were going to do one on biking this time, but we've recruited a couple of super super bikers to um, do it with us. And so we're going to actually delay it to the end of July because we're going to tape it around like the 24th or something of July. Sounds good. If all goes well. And uh, yeah, our our son and his friend Nick are... Bikers, avid cyclists. So I wanted them to talk about their cycling life. So, and they've agreed. So anyway, we're switching to um, the book is... um, that we started with talking about was Atlas of the Heart, but we're we're actually going to do a two-part series on Matters of the Heart, maybe a bit longer. Maybe more. Yeah. But anyway, so this is Matters of the Heart, part one. And my green light moment actually comes from the book uh, Permission to Feel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, be a scientist, not a judge. So when you see someone struggling with emotion or when you see someone's just struggling rather than judging their behavior or their feelings or their this or their that you could be a scientist and actually try to figure out what's happening right and the same with yourself in a very compassionate way yeah like just actually seeking to understand rather than so if you have something bubbling around emotionally inside you like don't judge yourself just seek to figure it out yeah. and that's the scientist part so i that was a really big green light yeah we'll put all the links to any books and podcasts that we talk about in the description of the youtube video and on the uh, show, notes. show notes on the blog so permission to feel um is mark brackett and he's a phd yep. harvard something or other it doesn't really matter no. but that that's a life-changing book it is definitely atlas of the heart is Brene brown and mistakes were made but not by me is there's so two these, authors there's two authors and i can't remember them and no cure for being human is kate bowler so if you're actually interested in delving a little bit not into being emotional that's not what we're no this is we not, already are <laughs> we're emotional beings and we react to things but if you're actually interested in having a little bit healthier uh, of a an approach to not only your own emotions but how you deal with other mm-hmm. people's emotions which we call emotional intelligence at least yep. yeah, in several permission of these to feel actually yeah so then read choose one of these books to read i think um it's a good place i i personally would start with atlas of the heart yeah. And then probably do permission to feel and then, and then mistakes were made. And then probably end with no cure for being human because hers is a story that you actually need to be kind of in control of your own emotions before, before you, you can read, read it. it. So anyway, that's and just if, my if any of you are leery of what people say pop psychology, this is really not no. pop psychology. Uh-uh. This is It's not. It's It's human. not just feel good. Oh, no, there's nothing. In fact, in Permission to Feel, he actually delves into what to do with your big emotions, like your big, bad emotions. Yeah, when life 
throws you for a loop. Yeah, and the other one um, that is would be a good one to read with this set is the the one about fear that. The Dance of Fear. The Dance of Fear. By which is, Harriet. I don't remember her name. Anyway, um, yeah, because that is another one that delves into the whole thing about. Mm. And certainly in Permission to Feel, the goal is not to be happy. No. So, and I, there's a particular chapter in it that everyone who is involved in education or teaching or anything like that or leadership. should be reading. Yeah. And in the Mistakes Were Made one, there's a chapter six, which is about, about marriage, marriage and relationships, relationships which everybody should everybody read. <laughs> should read too. So, and take to heart. And take to heart, obviously. Um, and then the podcast recommendation is, is yours. Um, uh, I really appreciate Seth Godin's points of view. I've mentioned him before. Uh, he recently um, re-released a podcast called um, Status Roles. Uh, I think it might have been originally recorded three or four years ago, but it's still very, very pertinent. And um, yeah, if you look for Akimbo, A-K-I-M-B as in Bob O, and look for the uh, the most recent episode june 22nd that is um called status roles really really um we talk about about... yeah we talk about (laughs) this a lot like between the two of us as we watch you know people striving and striving and instead of kind of striving to be whole we just see people striving for and there's a status that is about not having status. That's yep. a whole nother thing. Too. <laughs> so many. But it's, I think it's just a human condition, right? And yeah, it's, absolutely. Anyway, it's just really good to see hear his perspective, and so it's worth a listen. So matters of the heart. And part one. Yeah. So, so what, are we just going to ask some questions? Yeah, we're just yeah. Like, I think um, what kind of got us on this journey is sort of. A lot of it was like listening to and dealings over the last while with the political, like the polarization of society, like with vaccines and Trump and now Roe Ro v. Wade and like all these kinds of things. And in the Canadian political context with uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould and, and the uh, election where the election people are so polarized. And the truckers mm-hmm. in Canada. Right. So I think those world events right now are kind of what has sort of pushed us to think about because so many of these things that are happening are actually matters of the heart like they're emotionally based people make their Mm -hmm. decisions based on emotion i mean if you read people's reactions on facebook to things and people being defriended on facebook because they don't agree with this or that or whatever i mean my reason for letting somebody go off facebook is for me a matter of trust it's no. not really a matter of emotion or having different opinions. No, I don't care about that. No. It's a matter of do I trust the person who's on my Facebook feed 
with not that I post a ton of like personal stuff, personal stuff, but do I trust them mm-hmm. and have they proven, you know, so, and that's it. But I mean, every single kind of decision that we make has an emotional component. And so watching people make these, dis, you know, decisions about why and being so stuck in their belief about like even in the face of because we've watched all the january 6th hearings um, hearings just out of interest not live usually but Mm -hmm. afterwards and just seeing people that stand by you know trump and though and some of those people despite the fact that people like were killed and mm-hmm. like and that the evidence proves that there was no fraud or there was no yeah. this and and people, while the uh, book mistakes were made uh, really delves into why we make up our minds about something even if it was a mistake and justify it to the nth degree (laughs) so what do you see emotional intelligence as being like for you personally what does it mean to be emotionally intelligent um well i used to think it was just kind of being balanced but um now it's more being meta like metacognition meta aware of emotions in and yourself and within myself and first yes and fighting the urge to be quick to judge in others and instead of instead be curious yeah and that's that whole thing about others. what i said at the beginning when i said a scientist not a what judge. is emotional intelligence to you to me it is um having being and i mean you're saying that by saying that meta moment kind of thing that that actually he refers to in permission to feel but for me it's to be able to step outside and actually realize that you're still in an emotional state Mm -hmm. but not let that control how you um treat someone else or how you um even react to yourself or a situation is being able to go okay i can see that this particular situation has made everybody polarized so what is it that i can do to promote unity which is you know like it that's just one of the main things about being a person in society is to be able to promote unity right like you're you're going about life to kind of bring things together Mm -hmm. and in order to do that you actually have to step outside of the emotion and look at it like more objective you know like you're floating up it's almost like there's you and whatever's happening and the other people Mm -hmm. and you're still in it but you're also floating above it kind of going "Ooh, if i do that this is going to happen if i do this then maybe people will feel a little bit more right like i'll give an example of what i consider to be emotional intelligence when i was a principal mm-hmm. and a parent would call me and they would just be like way up here emotionally like just freaking out and i would say like i'm really sorry that that happened mm-hmm. and i want to list i want to hear the story mm-hmm. and then immediately when they know that you're actually going to listen to them for the most part, they they were calm, 
Yeah, well, they could they could start to de-escalate mm-hmm. a bit. And I would say, and I'm right now taking notes mm-hmm. so that I can figure this out because I agree with you. This is not right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, I think that's part of just being emotionally intelligent and just saying, and I didn't say it if I didn't agree with them. No, I know what you're saying. But I'm saying that if I, if a situation really did Mm-hmm. Because I think parents' perceptions most of the time about principles, and I think it's true of some principles, is that they're going to just side with the teacher. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think that does happen a lot. Yeah, I think so. Oh. But anyway, so um, that's what I kind of, and then, you know, sort of the next phase of it. So if we are, you know, having all these issues and people are so stuck and we're all polarized and everything. Why is it so difficult for us to just be accountable for our own role in things and like... Well, even to be accountable for our emotions. Like sometimes yeah. I could say, oh, I'm sorry you're so upset. I'm not upset. Yeah, you, <laughs> right? it's you not, actually, yeah. Right, the other person says, I'm not upset. Well, okay, are you angry? Are you frustrated? Like, what's the word? Right, right. and that's the other thing I think by reading these books... There's the four main emotions, right? Yeah, I'm happy, fear, sad, anger, happy, and sad. Yeah. yeah. But um, by looking at Atlas of the Heart and some of these other books, you see this range of emotions that exist mm-hmm. so that you're actually properly labeling what's happening. And maybe that helps you be more accountable. But I don't know. It just feels like it's so difficult for people to just say, like as a parent, do you not think I, I ever remember saying, look, and I'm just a little bit too angry right now to actually talk about this? Mm-hmm. I don't know why like people don't want to be, well, being accountable for something is uncomfortable. Like yeah. it can be embarrassing. It can stir up new emotions and then you have two or three layers of emotions on top yeah, of and it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about situations. And people also have lost a lot of trust. So... It's hard to find a safe environment to be accountable in sometimes. But I just think of someone who has, like, blasted somebody, say, on email about something, right? right? Like, really blasted them. And then they come back with kind of like an, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, once you've done that to somebody and then done it a few times where you've kind of let loose... It's not really like saying I'm sorry isn't good like, enough. Just, well, I mean, and it's just that dynamic like some families or couples have where their the apology isn't even said sometimes. It's just everything's brushed in and then things kind of go back to oh, let's just be happy and or there's suddenly this And it's all unsaid and so then some people think that that's an apology. Yeah. Just to yeah. make it happy now. But it's very yeah, so I think, I don't know, it's so difficult. And then once you're entrenched in something that is the way you think or the way you saw a situation, mm-hmm. like people have a really hard time unentrenching themselves from. Absolutely. And I mean, I. Well, and I think of, I think the chapter six from Mistakes Were Made has made me see when I'm accountable for something for you or the kids, there's actually a relief in finally owning up to it. And you can actually move past it a lot faster. Yes. And then like, I'm finding 
even though it's uncomfortable, I'm finding the practice of accountability is way better than well, and any then, other approach. And then I you're try. like, you're you're moving past always being involved in self justification. Yeah. Always look well. See, look. Yeah. what that person is like so that justifies me in doing this and when are you ever justified in kind of dehumanizing somebody i don't know when you can justify that but it's difficult and um and so, i think we kind of talked about what's led us to think and talk and make changes to the way we approach emotional health i think well we've worked on ourselves our whole marriage mm -hmm. and prior to meeting each other too i think we just have all well, and i also think part of, of it was this type of exploration yes and i think a part of it as well was listening to that falling upwards some of that book which we haven't quite finished yet no. but that idea that we are in the second phase of our lives mm -hmm. And so I want to, I've learned a ton in the first phase of my life and I want to live out the second phase, like not with, maybe differently, but well, with, yeah, with those lessons, with curiosity, with those and lessons with, having been learned and not repeat them again. Well, and with the ability to, like if, if I'm going to actually consider myself to be available to other people to support them because of the experiences I've had in my life, I'm not going, they're not going to want that if it comes across as judgmental. Right. But if you're coming... Well, and the at, danger that's always tricky is how to come across as I've already done this and you haven't done this work. Like, it's, Well, I think that, I think for me, like, you know, especially as I watch young people parent, right? Yeah. That it's... Um, I don't feel as if that I did all of that right. Mm -hmm. Or if when I look at people, you know, going forward with their careers and becoming leaders and things, I certainly didn't do all of that part of my life right. So I think there's a difference between people who feel like, okay, here I am, I'm the guru, I'm the, I, you know, right. I'll, I've got the answers, I'll tell you how to be a parent or a leader or mm -hmm. a this or a that, or a husband or a wife. Rather, I'm coming from it, from the whole thing where when you tell me something you're struggling with in your marriage, I'm going to say, yeah, been there. Yeah. Yeah. Still there sometimes. Right. You know, and when I see, you know, a, you know, kids, parents being concerned about their kids' behavior or something mm -hmm. that's not happening, instead of saying, well, when I had kids, I did this, 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 and this. Yeah, no. Then you, you almost are at the point where you say, yeah, you know what, I, I totally get that. And my kid, you know, we struggled with that too. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, I was just thinking of the other day when we yeah. were talking about the soccer thing, yeah. right? Instead yeah. of saying, well, you should make him, you know, get out there and do that and whatever. Mm -hmm. You kind of say, yeah, I remember the first <laughs> time one of ours tried soccer, they didn't really click with them. And so we dropped it. And then we tried again later when they showed an interest mm -hmm. and, and we weren't like, yeah, you know, we, we weren't sideline parents. No. Like and we weren't trying to trying to superimpose our our way that we did things as parents onto them right. but rather saying yeah this is a tough job very tough job 
So if you can identify right now that you're feeling frustrated with your child, because lots of times we felt frustrated with her and really say what kind of frustration you're feeling, whether you're peeved at them, whether you're just whatever, impatient, whatever. Or feeling guilty. Guilty. Sometimes frustration and guilt. Sometimes status shame. Like, oh my goodness, look at all the other kids and my kid's not doing this, but the other kids all are. Yeah. Then there's status shame. So that, I think... um, yeah, I mean, I just think um, that is part of the reason why, because I want to be um, someone who is um, curious and interested and, and approachable with my, yeah. and and that um, particularly with people who are at a younger phase of mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. I want them to understand that you don't all of a sudden at some point have all the answers and figure it all out that it's just a constant and he says that especially in permission well no um Brene Brown talks about that a lot where you're always working at that like you Mm -hmm. never because things hit you all of a sudden and especially as you age you get hit with I don't know the expression but one constant is that one constant is that everything always changes and this is all part of it like right and I mean I just feel sorry for situations just thinking of that novel that we are listening to where the old neighbor comes to chew out this mother of kids that are being raised in the digital world with digital devices and the man yeah, can't he, figure it out and yeah. he has all the answers. Yeah, when I when I had my kids, I just did you know, this. And this is what I would have done to your kids if I had been the dad. Da, 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 right, and know. not realizing though that, it, I know it's just a story, but her husband yeah. has left her. Mm. She's, you but know. I just think kids growing up in the digital era with devices... There's a whole new set of things. Yeah, that... we didn't deal with those kinds no. of dis- decisions. No. I mean, I ha- still have some basic yeah. things that I approve. We know what of. we would do. <laughs> well, I do. Like, I, it, it does scare me when I see kids taking devices to bed yes. when they're young, young, young. Yes. Because I well, just we think had that's no, bad for brain health. We had no devices or screens allowed in the bedroom until they were 16. Yeah. And then it was for homework. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing about us is we couldn't afford. No. Like our kids didn't have their own iPads and their no, own like all enough. these young kids do now. Yeah. Because we just, we couldn't have, literally couldn't afford no. to do that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and I just wanted to get in. There's this whole, I, I want to talk about the whole ruler because. Um, so R-U-L-E-R is an acronym from the book Permission to Feel. Right. And, and it, it's, it's well researched and it's. At, Actually, uh, it's a program at Yale University and yeah. education division, something. And it's something that he is trying to persuade people to integrate into education systems. So it's not like, yeah, the state of Connecticut not, actually has espoused it as a whole state. Yeah. With, uh, all of the superintendents and districts are have embraced it and are learning to implement it. But it's not like, okay, every Thursday at two o'clock we do ruler. No. <laughs> it's integrated into everything that you do. Yeah. So the R stands for um, Recognize. recognizing the emotion. The U is understanding. Standing. The L is labeling. labeling. The E is expressing. expressing it, like learning to express it. Yeah. And the R is regulating. Regulating. Yeah. And so... Um, 
they actually talk in the book about creeds and things that the classrooms and schools adopt yep. that focus on that. Plus, he has this memory, or I'm sorry, emotion board. Uh, the, oh, the mood meter. The mood meter, which is like it's a poster. It's a poster, it's a poster with uh, about 64 emotion words on it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, so but a like, well-researched. Like, like the recognizing, for example, is, you know, your neck is red, your ears are hot and your mouth is dry, what emotions are happening? At, so then you kind of try and figure out what's going on mm -hmm. in your body. And then it's understanding what is causing that emotion to happen. Mm -hmm. And then labeling it as being more specific. A prop, like we are better when we have more language to describe things than when we have less. Yeah. Because if I say I'm angry, when I'm actually frustrated. Mm -hmm. People are going to address that anger mm -hmm. differently. You know, and so once it's labeled, then you can express it properly. Yeah. You can say, I am frustrated because, you mm -hmm. know, whatever it is. And then you can write, and then the whole idea behind regulation. And there's a bunch of strategies, which I think we'll probably get into. Yeah, we'll get we, another one. Um, so why do we dig deeper into our beliefs when we are faced with the truth? And I'm why not, do we or why don't we? Why? Well, <laughs> I, when I read this, I was like, why do we dig deeper into a false belief? Okay. When we're even when we're faced with the truth, mm -hmm. like, why does that? I don't like I, I, I find that just fascinating that. Well, I'm reading a different book now. Uh, can't remember the title or author. So that'll be a changing mind, changing minds. About yeah. That. But it uh, it talks about neuro neurologically, for example, um, there's there's a chemical uh, spike that happens in our brain when we feel certain about something. So if I give you in a spelling bee, I say, you know, okay, spell the word uh, acorn and you spell it and I say, yes, your brain's like, oh, I'm certain about that spelling. I got it right. There's actually a chemical right. that, that reacts. reacts. So you, oh, I feel certain. So that certainty is something that feels good. So then we hold on to it. And then there's another chemical, which is recognizing that there's a disparity between what you know and what you're being told. Right. And if you are willing to learn, your brain will actually release this chemical. It has a name. Um, so that your your mind is like oh i'm willing to learn something now and but there are some people that that chemical doesn't ever release yeah and because they don't know enough about it yet mm -hmm. it's not necessarily biological it's okay. it can it can be a stubbornness or a right um it's like interesting yeah. though eh? but you know you just so I but mean, i mean those are just re these are theories they're, they're right not true answers. but i mean there's just i've experienced that with people right mm -hmm. where you're like um you can see that this way of teaching children to read does not is Work. not effective yeah but you can't move them away or this particularly the one that I mean, is the way of teaching math. Oh, I know. Right? Yeah. Because there's one right answer, there's this, and mm -hmm. when you're, you, I mean, I just remember this one particular woman 
Like, I mean, kids would be trying different things, like to solve problems. And she'd actually be going around saying, no, that's not right. You can't do it that way. When it was perfectly right. And I, I would say you, you know, like sit her down with other teachers Mm -hmm. who are saying, okay, yeah, give the children the opportunity to explore and come up with different perspectives and approaches. I don't know. I think maybe it is a... I think we need to give Some our of it is children just pure stubbornness. <laughs> well, and I think though, like this is the importance of giving our kids different perspectives as they're growing up. Yeah, because if they never kind of look at anything from a different perspective, that's what worries me. To be honest, about highly religious, yeah, um, upbringing, like fundamental. Mm-hmm deep-seated religious upbringings because there's only one perspective yeah and so you know like homosexuality is wrong so even given a whole bunch of evidence that you know i i always think of that one scene in west wing where the the woman is a Oh, religious a religious a radio host radio host and, yeah. and the I mean, it's a it's it's a fiction. sequence of fiction, but yeah, but he, he but starts quoting quotes, scripture, you know, and he's like, "Should I, you know, do I?" Uh, if my daughter has done this, do I put her at the end of the road to have be have her stoned, or if somebody touches a football, which is a pigskin, do then we do this? You know, like he was taking some of these passages, and he was yeah. like actually saying, you know, you know, a lot of those Old Testament things were done for the time to keep people healthy and, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever, but times have changed, yeah. you know, and... And a lot of the masochistic mistreatment of women wasn't, it was cultural mm-hmm. and not religious. Mm-hmm. And Well, and that's the same thing, you know, with us, with you growing up Mennonite, right? Yeah. Like all of a sudden, certain things about the way your aunts and people are it's like is that men and like is that religious or is that just the way your family interpreted the culture and played it out Mm -hmm. like when it's when food almost becomes like a religious prescribed way of cooking cooking or and then when shaming the woman if they cooked it a little differently like like i felt that a lot as a as a person coming Marrying into, the, into family. the family and then when i went to the first mennonite with your dad's funeral right yeah. and it was like pieces of day old raisin bread and white cheese and i was like <laughs> what is wrong with you people like because my like well, I, and i went to one of your funerals and it was like this huge spread with all these fancy sandwiches and tea and cakes and i was like whoa this is expensive Well, because you're but people made it all and brought it yeah like it wasn't it wasn't purchased like no. that was what the community does yeah. right mm-hmm. and i thought well you bunch of cheapskates you get us get a <laughs> bunch of day old bread and, and i thought you got some money wasters the but, person's gone why are you spending so much well money? <laughs> because you honor you know your feet like all these people have I know. Come, have tra- I, have I totally espouse i totally espouse your and then point you of give view them now. a piece of bread <laughs> And not even really buttered. It was like dry. Yeah. Oh, was maybe there butter? Not. Yeah, I there don't was know. butter. And tea. No margin. <laughs> and tea. And tea. What? Yeah, no coffee. Tea. No tea. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, but for some 
people like because they want to feel like the mennonite culture religion and traditions are so amazing mm -hmm. like they just can't let go of anything about it that really isn't that amazing i know but a lot of transplanted cultures like immigrants and refugees hang on to the old country yeah ways i know and i'm just and, but i'm just saying like yeah you know and then it's interesting sometimes it makes it to the second generation and sometimes even to the third mm -hmm. but then it starts it does start weaning yeah no for sure but, but or also take like look at the canadian italian culture they take oh, things yeah. a completely i have a friend who's recently arrived from italy and he looks at this and goes wow we don't do this in italy like this is yeah. not italian yeah but here it's fourth generation already and they have a whole new way of doing it and they think it's the italian way and it isn't heading no at all like italy <laughs> yeah so it but it's just that old idea and i mean i think it it's particularly bad like i don't really care about Italian or bread. Mennonite culture. No, I don't I care what they do. But when it comes to treatment of women, like yeah, that's a different. Roe v. Wade and like yeah. um, homosexuality and, you know. Well, I don't know the stats in Canada, but 1974, a woman had to have a husband, uh, a man's signature, not her husband, father, brother, whatever, to get a credit card. Yeah. 1988, she, until 1988, a woman had to have a man's signature to get a bank loan, a business loan, uh -huh. anything like like 88. Yeah, like look, we were already, already in our we were already in our 20s. Yeah, like that is just yeah. ridiculous. I don't know the Canadian stats, but yeah, but uh, so we dig into these things. So that's cultural, but the religion and then religion think, has okay, had a huge. There's part all to this play. evidence that men and women are equal and everything, and yet. Nope. We're still fighting. We're still fighting. And I mean, even I will say for sure, for sure, for sure, as a female leader, even though I was in elementary, mm -hmm. it was totally, the way I was treated was totally different than the way men were treated. Men were allowed to, but as soon as women, then you're a bitch or you're this or yep. sorry about the whatever. But <laughs> anyway, it's just interesting. And and uh, we talked kind of about the most common emotions that people refer to. Yeah. Um, and then why. That's all I had. Yeah, that, well, I guess we've covered the points then that you had That we kind of wanted to plan. So... I mean, I I would say, do you see these, listen to these birds fighting, eh? There's whatever they're doing. One, <laughs> they're fighting. <laughs> they're fighting, I think, over something. Pooping on my lawn, my clothesline of clothes, maybe. Um, yeah, I just, I think in terms of the, the reason why I want to understand more about um, this whole like kind of journey is because to me it's just so interesting to see and particularly in the states mm -hmm. but we are not immune here not when i all. think we have different issues i mean it's here. not as pronounced here like but when you think that all summer long we're gonna have truckers in ottawa yeah for what i don't know because the vaccine mandate has been lifted for what yeah. like i just don't, I don't and know. yet they're they've dug into this yep. they're entrenched now and that they have to somehow you know and all these things f trudeau and all these things that you see now mm -hmm. that are so inappropriate yep. that's the prime minister of canada mm -hmm. you know let's let's say that you don't like him then you vote him out you mm -hmm. don't run around with you know inappropriate 
like curse words no. on your front yard. However, your there truck. are there are a group of not all Democrats. There are a group of Democrats that were like f Trump. Yes. Whatever. Right. Right. So it's and just that's another, just not. It's just. And, and and I have to say that you know in listening to those hearings, like the people in charge, yeah. are not like being inappropriate well they still call him former president except a couple of them yeah, they just call them him mr. Trump, mr trump or donald mr trump mr. or donald trump but they dropped but, the president title yeah yeah but i'm just saying but it's interesting like it's a very indirect slight mm-hmm. but he, they're treating him as the man rather than the position that yes, he had because yeah you know where but i'm just saying they're not attacking his person no they're Clarifying his actions and choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I have been attacked, mm-hmm. they are attacking you. They attack you, your person. Yeah. Your personality, your yeah. who you are. And I, I mean, obviously, we've been talking about a couple of men in politics, but I think that they attack women. Oh yes. Way well, differently. Whenever men, men when can you get talk away with a lot when more. Hillary for a Clinton, lot of the only yeah. thing they ever talked about is what she wore in her pantsuits. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. And men, Doesn't matter wow, that's an ugly suit. No, no one no, ever Not says. even the color of the tie. They don't even talk about it. But even Kamala Harris yeah. like, is oh, the yeah. same. And I'm, immediately when she became, there was this whole thing then, that went the, out about how difficult she was to work for and how demanding. Yeah, and the no, same thing unfair. about Meghan Markle yeah. when she, her, her staff mm-hmm. and people had to quit and whatever. Yeah. Maybe those people that had to quit should have quit a long time ago. <laughs> Exactly. Like when there's no accountability and no. people aren't, you know, yep. like we talked with this in today about like jobs where you aren't really evaluated ever or given feedback. I know. And a lot of that occurs in the teaching profession. Mm-hmm. So we here we are. People, At least in Canada. Here we are as in a career where your job is to give children, adults, wherever you're working, university and the assessment and assessment, but you, because you're protected by a union, you cannot, you don't have to be assessed. Yeah. Or Or if if you you, are assessed, they tear it apart and have you delete this and black this out. No, this is Well, all I remember is having a long-term occasional and everybody said, don't bother evaluating long-term occasional. It's not even worth it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, this guy's bad, bad. <laughs> As a teacher. As a teacher. He's a nice guy, mm-hmm. very nice guy, but just not good. Yep. And I did the evaluation. It was very fair. And what's the next call you get from the superintendent? The union is, you know, um, questioning that this, this, and this, and this. Yep. And... Basically, so, so they, it feel, it makes you feel like why bother? Because because and I remember my be friend, protected. my friend going through uh, non like unsatisfactories, mm-hmm. and then the superintendent coming in the end and going, oh well, just sign that he's satisfactory, and then we'll just move him. Yeah. So, it is just bizarre to me, and that's all all based on emotion. Yeah, all those decisions are Fear. not based on. Yeah. So what are the two things that education means is accountability and a focus on children and not on unions. Yeah. 
So anyway, we digress a big <laughs> amount, but l- stay tuned. I think next time we'll get into some of the strategies that we find yeah. really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And then um, maybe uh, talk about some of the, I would like to talk about some of the emotions that are not quite as common. Yeah, that'd be good. Because there are like schadenfreude and all these other little ones that are not <laughs> as common, right? Yeah. So, all right. So thank you for joining us for part one of Matters Matters of of the the Heart Heart. on No Room for Ponies, episode 67. Be a scientist, not a judge.